The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So go ahead and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to, we're going to continue uh, discussing the rapture of the church. An event that all of us look forward to with great anticipation and, and great hopefulness. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. And let's just, let's just read the first eight verses. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. It brings us strength gives us courage, it guides us, it instructs us. Father, make us students of your word. Help us to live in your word and, and Father, to, to walk accordingly. Thank you, Lord, for this time we have now. Instruct us today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So far, we've, <clears throat> we've answered two questions concerning the rapture. The first question is, what is the rapture of the church, and why is it important? And we looked at that, and we discussed that, and we're not gonna, I'm not going to go over that again, but then we answered a second question, <clears throat> and that question was, who will be a part of the rapture of the church? And we looked at, the, at, at who will take part in the rapture, and who will be spared from the judgment to come. But now this morning, I would like to continue by asking a third question. And that third question is, what will be the results of the rapture of the church? Have you ever stopped to think about that? What will be the results of the rapture of the church? Now, to conduct an exhaustive study uh, of this question would, would literally take months and months and months. So... What I'm going to do then is I'm going to just focus on two results. And these results are, are from are two different groups. Uh, we're going to consider the, the results upon two separate groups. The church itself, 
which is comprised of believers, and the world, which is comprised of those that are left behind. So the rapture is going to have results on both. The rapture will have results on, on the church, and the rapture will have results on the world. So first this morning, let, let us look at the world. Now what is the result upon the world? It is unparalleled judgment. The result of the rapture upon the world will be unparalleled judgment. In Acts chapter 17 and verse 31 we read, Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. The purpose of, the judge, of this judgment upon the world is threefold, and we've discussed these in previous studies, so I'm not going to go into detail again. But the, result, the purpose of the rapture is threefold. It's to fulfill the redemption of the church. Jesus promised. Didn't he promise that he would come again and, and, and bring us back with him to heaven? He did promise that, right? Are we awake this morning? Do I have alert students? I used to ask my high school students when I taught high school, what time did you go to bed? And then none of them would say anything. I'd say, who went to bed by 9 o'clock? Raise your hand. No hands. Who went to bed by 10 o'clock? Raise your hands. No hands. 11 o'clock? No hands. 12 o'clock? No hands. 1 o'clock? No hands. 2 o'clock? The hands would go up. 2 o'clock you went to bed and you're in school. Here for classes at 8 o'clock? To fulfill the redemption of the church. The purpose that Jesus is coming back is to take us away from all of this judgment. To, to, to complete the redemption. Also is to purify the chosen nation of Israel. Remember, God has, <clears throat> for the time being, has, has let Israel go. He hasn't forsaken them, but he's, he's let them go ahead and, and, and step away. <clears throat> but his purpose will be to bring them back to himself. And this will be accomplished following the rapture of the church. So it's to purify his chosen people. And then thirdly, it's to complete the judgment of sin upon this world. Now remember, at the fall of man, God cursed all things. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, please. Let's all go together. To Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> and when we get there, we're going to read beginning at verse number 17. Verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. And the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. 
Remember, at, at the fall of Adam in, the, Adam in the Garden of Eden, God cursed all things. He cursed the ground, he, thorns and thistles. He cursed, he cursed uh, uh, all things upon the face of this earth. Scripture relates to us, in fact, that all of creation now awaits redemption. In Romans chapter 8, in verse number 22, if I can turn this page, we read, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And all of creation awaits the rapture of the church. All of creation awaits to be redeemed and to be rid of this curse that Adam brought upon the entire universe. In this judgment, God will impute justice for justice' sake. In Psalm 89 and verse 14, we read, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Through this judgment, God will purge sin forever. In Revelation chapter 21, we read, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Yes, through, through, the judgment, through this judgment, God will, will purge the, the, the entire creation of sin. Forever there will be no more sin. Yet, as we have learned in earlier lessons, and as we read in our scriptures this morning, men mock us. They mock us because of our belief of the rapture of the church. Wherein is the promise of his coming, they say. Well, I heard someone once say, God's pay train runs slow, but it's always on time. And it's in God's own time that the rapture will come and that judgment will fall upon this earth. So, I'd like to remind us this morning of three truths concerning the judgment, the coming judgment of this world. Three things I want you to remember concerning this. <clears throat> First is that this judgment is certain. This judgment is certain. We read a moment ago, or I quoted a moment ago from Acts chapter 17 and verse 31, where it states, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world. Oh yes, judgment is certain. It is going to come. Now, many have tried to predict its coming. Uh, and many today look to signs to try to predict its coming. However, Jesus told us that it is not for man to know of the exact time of his coming. In Mark chapter 13 and verse 32, we read, But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. 
Do you know that when Jesus walked this earth, he allowed himself to not even know the time that the Lord would come. He, he himself, at that moment, as he stated, he did not know when that would be. Now, he's God, therefore, he, he knows all things. But you realize that when Christ walked this earth, he didn't give up his deity. He simply laid it aside. And he worked and lived as you and I do and must. So for a, for a period of time, he allowed himself to not even know when the rapture of the church would be. But we do know that it is certain. And we can't know that time. And we shouldn't invest, by the way, any time in trying to figure it out. Now, we, we, are, we are aware of the signs that Jesus gave of the days before his coming. So, and we should be knowledgeable of those things. And those things should heighten our anticipation and should cause us to even, even more so desire the coming of the Lord. But we're not to develop an entire lifetime and an entire science and and trying to figure out which day Jesus is going to come again. That's not necessary. Let it suffice for you and I that we are commanded to be ready for its coming. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 13, Jesus said, Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So we need to be ready. We need to be watchful. You know, that's not, a, that's not a, a hard thing to do, is it? My family and I, we were planning a big family vacation next summer, Lord willing. And we're going to the happiest place on earth. The Superdome. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. We're going to Disneyland. And we've already made our reservations and all of those good things. And my grandkids have a countdown calendar on their iPad. It's a little Disney logo. And they go there every day and they pop that Disney logo and it pops up. And it shows them exactly how many more days until we go. When my, when my kids were young, we, we would go... I, of course, it was low-tech, but I'd, I'd make a calendar. And I'd, the, each, each box had a number, and they would take turns each day marking off a day. And we would, we would anticipate so greatly this trip. And that's how we should live our lives as Christians, in, in intense anticipation of the coming of Jesus Christ. However, I fear to say the majority of Christians go through each day of their life without even giving any thought whatsoever to the coming of Christ, to the rapture of the church. Because we get so busy, don't we? We get so wrapped up in what's happening around us that the things that we don't see are easy to forget. But we're to, Jesus said, we're to watch. We're to, we're to pay attention. We're to be alert. We're to be ready. Oh yes, my friends, as sure as night follows day, the terrible day of God's wrath upon this world is coming. 
It is certain. It will come as he ordained. So this judgment is certain. But then secondly, this judgment is righteous. It's righteous. In Acts chapter 17, verse 31, Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. Listen, the judgment to come upon this world is righteous. I'm sure that all here will agree that this world deserves to be judged by God. This world is filled with sin and it gets worse every day. Consider our own nation just for a moment. In America, we have, we have kicked God out of our schools. We've kicked him out of our courtrooms. We've kicked him out of our government halls. They're trying to take him out of our pledge to the flag and they, they want him out of our national anthem. We have, in America, we've murdered unborn babies by the millions. Millions and upon millions of, of living souls put to death by godless people. We have embraced homosexuality. That very sin which God calls an abomination. As a nation, we've, we've embraced it and we've legalized it and we, we promote it. I mean, I, I'm not, I can't say this with any certainty, but I have been told that the public schools are writing into the textbooks that homosexuality has to be, will be taught as an alternate lifestyle. And on a, globe, on a global scale, it's even worse. Oh, make no mistake. The judgment of this world will be justified. And it will be righteous. This world deserves what's coming. My daddy, when I was growing up and I didn't listen to him and didn't obey him, he used to tell me, you're, you're going to get what you deserve. And that always, that always instilled fear in my heart. Because my daddy was a man of his word. My daddy was not one who would sit across the room and say, you stop that or I'm going to come get you. That wasn't my daddy. I was over there doing my thing and all of a sudden I felt his hand on me and he walloped me good up one side and down the other. And he, said, and, and he, he wasn't telling me he was going to come. He announced his coming. And this world is going to get what it deserves. In Psalm 51, David writes, Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. In Revelation chapter 16, we read, And I heard the angels of the water say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and wast and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. 
Revelation chapter 19, we read, And after these things, <coughs> I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore, which did come corrupt the earth uh, with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. So we see that judgment is, is certain. The coming judgment of this world is, is, is sure. We see that it is righteous, that it is deserved upon this earth. And then thirdly, I want us to see that this judgment is complete. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. I enjoy watching, I don't know about you, but I enjoy watching science programs. I, I like watching uh, shows, these TV programs where they talk about the universe and, and things such as that. I enjoy those shows. I always watch them with a certain amount of, skept uh, of, of not skepticism, but uh, what word am I looking for, Gary? Contempt. Certain amount of contempt, because I know that, of course, these atheistic scientists are grasping at, at answers for which do not, they cannot prove or, and do not exist. So I, I chuckle when I watch their programs and they talk about 53 billion years ago and all these things. I laugh at that. I chuckle. But I, I'm, I, I do enjoy science and I, I like to watch these shows. And they, they, they're always talking about things like, well, the sun is going to, going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and, and you know, this is going to happen and someday uh, uh, an asteroid or a comet is going to strike the earth. And, and I sit there and I say, yeah, you're right. This, this earth is going to be destroyed. It will, be, it, will, it will disappear. But it's God that's going to destroy it. I mean, read Revelation. At the, at the start of the rapture, when the church is raptured, immediately one-third of all the people on earth are going to, are going to be gone, and, and one-third of the earth's grass and trees will be destroyed, and, and you just read through Revelation, and you, you, you look at... You, Keep looking at the one-third and the next one-third and you're only left with one one-third and that one's going to go too. Yeah, this earth is going to be destroyed. It's, but you and I won't be here. At, at least, I won't be here. Hopefully, you're truly born again and you won't be here either. But we're not going to be here, but the judgment will be complete. God will completely judge this earth He's going to destroy it, and he's going to create a new heaven, a new universe, and a new earth. It's going to be a complete judgment. All that was in creation will be gone. And this is the result of the tribulation and the end time war, the battle of Armageddon. We see the complete destruction of all men, beasts, plants, everything. All of creation will be consumed in this judgment by God. No one, no thing shall escape this judgment. Judgment will be complete and final.
So we see the results of the rapture upon the world. And it's not pleasant. It's not going to be something to be desired. But with the last ten minutes or so that I have, I'd like to look at the results of the rapture upon the church. And this is unparalleled blessings. Now, I said unparalleled judgment because we've never seen a judgment such as will befall this earth. We have never seen such destruction. No human has ever seen this type of destruction. So it's, it's unparalleled. It's, it's going to be the greatest judgment to ever befall. But the result upon the church, the result upon those of us who believe in Christ, is unparalleled blessings. Blessings on the level that we have never before even imagined. Listen, your mind and my mind cannot even imagine what heaven is like. In Revelation chapter 21, verses 4 through 7, we read, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give in unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You and I this morning can only imagine what heaven is like. It is a place of perfect peace. No wars, no jealousy, no bitterness or, or envy. It is a place of perfect health. No disease, no sickness, no pain. It is a place of, of perfect joy. No tears will ever be shed in heaven. No broken hearts, no disappointments. It is truly heaven. Now, I've saved the best for last this morning, so allow me to share just a few of the blessings that await us. First, we see the redemption of our body. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 23, we read, And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Now earlier in Romans 8.22 we read about how all of creation groaneth until now. And then in verse 23 that's what Paul says. And not only they, not only does creation groan, but we do also. Waiting, he said, for the redemption of our body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 we read, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
Now, you have to remember something this morning. Our souls have been redeemed. Our souls have been saved. But we are still trapped in this corruptible body of flesh. When, when I got saved, God didn't instantly give me an incorruptible body, did he? Because had he done so, I would never have sinned again. But my body it has not been redeemed. My body has not been saved. My soul has been saved. But my body has not. But it will be redeemed. The rapture, at the rapture, I will receive the redemption of my body, and my body will be changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 53, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. And at the rapture, we will receive the redemption of our body. But then secondly, we will receive the rewards for our labors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Yes, God has asked us to live our life in dedicated service unto him. And in return, he has promised to reward us for our faithfulness. And at the rapture, we stand before Christ in judgment of our labors, in judgment of all the things we have done since we have been redeemed. Now remember, the things we did before we sinned, have been forgiven, and have been forgotten. God's, God's word tells us that he has separated our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. So he, is, he has forgotten all of our previous sins. So everything we did before we were saved is, is gone forever, and God will not bring them up again into his remembrance. However, everything we've done since we've been saved, if they be sins, they've been forgiven, they have not yet been forgotten. And they will be revisited at the judgment seat of Christ. Not to determine punishment, but for the sake of rewards. So we will receive rewards, or we will suffer loss of rewards based upon our, the things we've done in our body, whether they be good or bad. So that's something to give thought about. Something to give thought about. Those things we sometimes do in the dark of night when we think no one is watching. Well, no one is watching except the Father himself. And he will bring those things back to light, and we will have to give answer for them. Again, not for punishment's sake, but for reward. Turn with me. Let's look quickly at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We probably, you know what, we don't have time to turn to it, so you read that later. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. 
So at the, at the rapture of the church, we, we receive unparalleled blessings. We, re, we receive the redemption of our body. We receive the rewards for our labors. But then thirdly, and this is probably the greatest benefit of all, is we receive the release from our bondage. Revelations chapter 22, verse 3 and 4. Listen to this. And there shall be no more curse. Isn't that wonderful? Adam sinned, and God placed a curse upon creation. But here at the end, in Revelation 22, it says, And there shall be no more curse. Let me read on. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his names shall be in their foreheads. They shall see his face. What a, what a, what a glory that's going to be. What a, what, a, what a wonderful thing. You know, I miss my father and my mother. I haven't seen them for many years. And it would just be so, it would be so wonderful just to walk in and see his face. Have you ever really stopped to think about what it's going to be like to just look into the face of God? Right now, no man can do that. No man can see the face of God and live. But in that day, we can. You know Adam saw the face of God? Do you know that? Adam saw the face of God. He walked with God. I'm sure God held his hand as they walked through the garden. And he looked into the face of of God. And God looked into the face of Adam. And they they fellowshiped together. But then Adam sinned and and a curse fell. And God went away at least from his presence. And the face of God was hidden from man. But here, here, we shall see his face. I I just, that thought just overwhelms me. The curse we have been under since the fall of Adam is now removed. It's gone. It will no longer be with us. We will awaken in the image and likeness of Christ. John says in 1 John chapter 3, Behold, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We'll see things clearly and live in perfect righteousness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, For now we see through a glass, darkly. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as... I am also known. We will rule and reign with Christ. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ. And shall reign with him a thousand years. And all of this awaits you and I on the other side of the rapture. So what are the results of the rapture of the church? Well, for the world... It's complete and utter annihilation. But for the child of God, it's untold 
blessings and happiness to come. All right, folks, I got to stop. Thank you for coming today. I hope this was helpful to you, and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.